Hello and welcome back to the conversation. I'm John Iderola and we've got an awesome interview for you. It's one of those special ones in studio joining us now. JD Scholten, a candidate in Iowa's fourth district. Yep. Welcome to the studio. Uh, thank you it's for having me. It's good to have you here. Yeah, likewise. Um, we don't get to meet a lot of actual candidates. They're just <laughs> they're people on the screen. Um, so we're glad to have you here. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. So we were, you know, what I'm gonna start off with. We were talking before the show about the fact that you're running in Iowa, um, and you know, with all the stress of a normal congressional race, but also. It's you know the whole country's eyes are on Iowa. How does yeah. that affect your run for Congress? Well, we've been trying to figure out what's the best way for us to run while the caucuses are all going on. Currently, we're on a 39 county tour, going to all 39 counties and mm -hmm. calling it the "Don't Forget About Us" tour and going mm -hmm. to towns of under a thousand people because these are a lot of issues that don't get the headlines. And so, a lot of these small communities are struggling to keep their grocery stores. Mm -hmm. And yet, we're the second most agriculture producing district in America. We have these get bigger, get off the farm policies that are, are hurting our farmers. And so, uh, because of the caucuses, I, I, it's, it's been nice because we can amplify some of our messaging uh, mm -hmm. and the messaging of the district. Do, do you find that for you as a, you know, you're, you're running in a primary, is it helpful to you to have, is it a little bit easier to get media coverage of your race? I mean, I know that they're yeah. generally there for the presidential races, right. but they're at least in the neighborhood. Is that well, helpful? Well, we're, we're the only, we're probably the only race in America where we don't have a primary and the incumbent does. It's, yes, it's a yeah. unique situation. But uh, so that allows uh, the, the presidential candidates, they don't wanna choose on the primary or, or if there was a primary. That's true, yeah. So, so we actually been uh, doing events with a lot of them. And it's, uh, I think it's been great because a lot of our message uh, has kind of gotten into their talking points. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I, I constantly am pushing them is uh, holding uh, our antitrust laws accountable, especially in agriculture. Okay. It's just, that is something that the progressive movement should be picking up more and more on. Uh, it's just, our farmers are being handcuffed right now. Mm -hmm. And you look back of the history of my district, we had Tom Harkin and Berkeley Bedell, two uh, uh, prairie populists, uh, really push that message back in the day and now it's coming. Uh, uh, alive again. You know, I, I only mention this because you've been talking about the farmers, but I noticed um, we, we don't generally, as a country, talk all that much about farmers, despite the fact that they're still a large part of the economy, very right. important, obviously, and very, like it's a very traditional American industry yeah. that, that's often forgotten. But I saw today, um, obviously, Donald Trump in the past had provided some aid to farmers who've been yeah. hurt by you know the trade war, among other things. And, and it showed that, uh, for the most part, the way it was distributed, the big farms were yeah. getting the most aid and the family farmers, the ones who arguably needed the most, again, were being left behind. Yeah, I mean, we have these uh, get bigger, get off the farm policies and whether mm -hmm. it's the, the aid because of the tariffs mm -hmm. or even just uh, our, our trade uh, policies from before or our tax policies from before, it's sucking the wealth out of uh, our rural communities and, and these farmers are hurting. And if we ended the trade war tomorrow, because of market consolidation, because of the abuse of the renewable fuel standard, a lot of these things are, are, are hurting uh, our, our farmers. Yeah. And uh, I saw a tweet from a Republican that said, if things don't change, we're all farmers are just gonna be end up contract employees in the next yeah. generation. And that's really sad. Yeah, yeah. Except from the point of view of some of those large companies that probably like well, to set up that but, system. I mean, that's the struggle. You see uh, Cargill uh, paying out their 125 members uh, $5 million a piece. Well, mm -hmm. our farmers are barely making cost of production. Yeah. You, you ask any pork producer in the fourth district uh, how they did in 2017. Well, Smithfield is owned by uh, China Pork and the CEO of China Pork made $291 million in wow. 2017. 
where, where these farmers are, are just handcuffed. Yeah. And when you have these multinational corporations dictating the policies, the farmers are being squeezed on the, the input side, they're being told how to farm, and then the markets are, are not there. And so yeah. of the consumer dollar, less than 15 cents makes it back to the farmer, which is an all-time low. Okay, well, you are running against Steve King, potentially. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's, yeah. as you said, he's in a primary and he's got a well-funded opponent, apparently. We're gonna turn to him in a few minutes, but okay. let's start off um, for people who might not be familiar with your candidacy yet. Yeah. Um, where are you coming from? What's your history in politics, yeah. your history with the state? Yeah, so I, I have uh, not the most traditional <laughs> get running for Congress. I was uh, born and raised in the district, fifth generation Iowan, uh, come from a long line of farmers and, and educators. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but first to be raised in town, I was. Uh, I grew up in Sioux City, Iowa, the largest city in the district. Um, I chased minor league baseball, I played minor league baseball, chased that dream, afterwards worked as a paralegal. And ultimately in 2016 after the election, I wanted to get more involved, but I didn't know what that meant. And my, I went to visit my grandma, who's my inspiration in life. And she told me, JD, you gotta move back and take care of the farm. And I was living out of state, so I, I moved back and uh, started my own uh, consulting, uh, working as a paralegal. Uh, a little thing, and then I just saw what was happening in the district. And for about a month, uh, I saw that there was nobody in this race on the Democratic side in, in the last cycle. And so we launched a very humble uh, grassroots campaign that just grew and grew and grew. And as a result of, of what we were able to do, we moved the needle 24 points uh, mm -hmm. last cycle, which is third most amongst all challengers. And you, the race was within three points, yeah, I believe. Three points. And this is a race that originally wasn't going to be contested. We, uh, well, th there, there was nobody when we launched, and so okay. we didn't know, we didn't hear anything from anybody, and so that's when I said, you know what, I can't sit on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could raise five bucks, but I know I can get out there to the people. And my political heroes, the the uh, Berkeley Bedells, the Tom Harkins, the Paul Wellstones. What we learned was, if you get out there to the people prove you're trustworthy and prove that you're gonna fight for your constituents, mm -hmm. you're gonna earn votes. And we got 25,000 more votes than there are Democrats in the district. Wow. And we moved, with moving the needle that much, we outperformed the top of the ticket by 17%. And so we, we even though we lost, we, we, we did so much, we, like we have to do this again. Yeah. Yeah, and that's certainly provides some momentum moving into uh, running against them again. Yeah. So you, you moved uh, the needle a lot. Yeah. The district is still thought of as being somewhat conservative though. Yeah. Um, so tell me about your platform, the issues you're choosing to run on yeah. in a place that's traditionally voted for Republicans. How does that influence uh, your slate of programs? I mean, you run as who you are, that's what I feel. And so we talk about healthcare every day, we talk about a economy that works for everyone, not just the 1% and the corporations. And we talk about uh, cleaning up Washington. And, mm -hmm. and so we call it fix, fight, secure, fix healthcare, fight for an economy that works for everyone and secure a democracy by cleaning up Washington. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of that resonates to people all over the political spectrum. Um, you, we also talk a lot about climate change because uh, there's so much potential in my district because it's so agriculture heavy. We're the mm -hmm. second most agriculture producing district in America. We have wow. a huge opportunity uh, to take the carbon out of the air and put it into our ground and it would help our farmers out. Uh, you, you, we have a lot of things like that that could really be a win-win for not only our farmers, but uh, Iowa and our nation and, and the planet. So you, uh, I, I was reading up on your campaign and you've been doing a lot of town halls, yeah. um, which is obviously helpful for getting your message out. But yeah. also it's a pretty strong contrast from Steve King, who up until <laughs> recently was not interested in doing those. Right. So as you're meeting these voters, what are what are some of the things that come up most often with them? Well, especially right now, because we're doing it in towns of under a thousand people, it's more rural. Uh, it, we've been asked 
uh, we, we ask to hear stories as much as it's made talking. And so it's been phenomenal. We hear, heard a woman from Hardin County who uh, she said uh, her inhaler would cost her 240 bucks a month. Yeah, and wow. she told her doctor, I can't afford that anymore. And he got her a cheaper one for 188 bucks a month. Uh, but ultimately the doctor goes, just go to Canada. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at, and that's that's absurd. In almost every gas station in my district, there's a donation box from someone who just got sick or someone who just got in the hospital. Uh, we wow. have so many GoFundMe sites and pancake breakfasts. It's ridiculous. We're too good of a nation, and so uh, we talk about, hey, you know what? Universal health care, Medicare for all. That should be our goal. Mm-hmm. And and whether it takes steps to get there or not, like that. It, it would help everybody. You look how Canada uh, it got that movement for universal health care. It was Saskatchewan farmers. And so I, I pushed our uh, rural areas and saying, this is up to us. If it's, it's going to come from within, if, if we really want to do this. And yeah. so. And uh, so he has started doing some town halls, Steve King. He, do, he, do you believe didn't. that it's the pressure that you've been putting on him in that area? I absolutely. Like he, he wouldn't have done this if we would have lost by 20 points. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I mean, again, we lost, but there's a lot of things that came out of this. And, and him being held accountable um, and just he has four Republicans running against him in a primary. I, One who raised more than half a million dollars yeah, recently, I believe. Yeah, and and so it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, we're running on what we're for and not just who we're against. Yeah. And uh, it, it just came out this morning, the Sioux City Journal, which is my hometown paper, largest paper in the district, the number one article they had, uh, or the one number one story they had in 2019 was him being stripped of his committees in yeah. January for his comments relating to white supremacy and white nationalism. Yeah. So. That, that's really astounded me. When you've been talking to voters, some, maybe you've talked to some people who had supported him in the past. Yeah. What do they think about having like half a congressman <laughs> or maybe two thirds of a congressman? Well, I, I think that's a, an added layer to this cycle. Uh, and we already saw there was an anti-King sentiment last cycle. Mm-hmm. And we picked up on that and we, also, we showed that, hey, we're the healthy alternative to that. And so now, uh, not only are we the anti-King sentiment, there's also, what is he doing for us? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing. When you have 70,000 more Republicans than Democrats in the district, it, it's not easy. And for a lot of folks, they just check that 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 box because he's a Republican. And they yeah. think, for whatever reason, uh, he, he's just like everyone else. But then we're starting to see uh, all his controversial statements add up. And, and that's why we think it, it's we're gonna win this time. Do you, is there like a sense of embarrassment? Like there oh, yeah. might be people who are like, you know, I voted Republican my whole life. I like Republicans, but this guy, he's been a joke for years. Yep. It's just that a lot of people around the country didn't know about it up oh, until recently, I guess. Absolutely. There's been a, a there's a famous T-shirt company in Des Moines called Raygun that has a shirt that says, "Dear America, sorry for Steve King, sincerely <laughs> Iowa." And it's been a popular T-shirt for mm-hmm. for almost probably like six seven years now. Yeah. And and it's 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 nuts and and. Uh, it, it is an embarrassment. I mean, so many people that I, I meet uh, across the nation who are originally from Iowa, and it's like, that's not us. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard to say that's not us when he continues to get reelected. And so uh, that's one of our, our things, but we try to not focus on him. We talk yeah. about what we're for a lot. And I yeah. think that's the thing that people are, are really engaging in our campaign is is they like what we're talking about because and they happen to be a lot of progressive issues yeah. uh, because that's the need of the district. Yeah, well, I mean, look, it, it certainly must help you spreading those messages, but also it might remind some people that like, oh, we can have a serious congressman who's not just there as some sort of sideshow. Absolutely, and yeah. the needs of our district, they're, they're 
they're out there. And yeah. it's, it's rural America is getting harder and harder to live. And so that's what we're truly trying to do is, is be that, that, okay. that piece of the Democratic Party in rural America. And uh, where can people find out more about your candidacy? Uh, everything SholtonForIowa.com, S-C-H-O-L-T-E-N, uh, number four for Iowa's 4th Congressional District, IOWA.com. Awesome. Okay, well, great okay. to have you in studio. Awesome. Good luck in the, on the race. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and we'll see you right after this.